Hey y'all, it's Mish. I came here when I was 12, and by here I mean America. My parents told me and my sister we were coming here for like a 12-day vacation. I don't know if that was the plan and then it changed or if they just straight up lied to us, but we ended up staying here, well, forever. And so I had to learn how to live in a brand new country. When you're 12, everything is hard. And the hardest thing about adjusting to this new life for me was the small stuff. Like how all the kids in my middle school already had friend groups and they always had lunch together. And I, I didn't. So I'd go to the bathroom, lock the stall door, and eat my lunch. Just like mean girls. And there's no way you can love a place that makes you feel that way, you know? A place where everything is new and difficult and just sucks. I missed my friends. I was having nightmares about my teachers. I missed being able to talk in Urdu and being popular and hated being a loser. I got over all that, but for a while, when I thought of Pakistan, I had this feeling of nostalgia. Like, Everything there was just softer. Like it had been this beautiful dream world, painted with pastel colors and no hard angles and just better. Nostalgia is a lens that changes the way we see our past. And that doesn't mean there's no truth in a nostalgic memory, but it's not always all true. And when you have that feeling, that longing and wistful passion for a place or time, It's really hard to see that place for what it is. Sahar Jahani is a writer here in L.A. She just sold her own show and finished working on Rami Youssef's show on Hulu. So she grew up in L.A., but her dad, Hamid, grew up in Iran. And after years of being away, he was like, I want to take my whole family back for a visit. Show them the place that I love. But Sahar, she was a teenage brat about the whole thing. I was excited, no doubt, because Iran is still interesting. But I was just like kind of peeved that we weren't going to France or like Italy. I was like, this is not going to be a vacation. It's not going to be fun because Iran is so backwards and it's so third world. And we're going to have to like pee in holes. You know, like that's I, I knew like that. That's what we had experienced a little bit in Iran before. So I was anticipating it being just as underdeveloped as it was like, you know, almost 10 years ago when we lived there. So we go to Iran, we arrive in Tehran, which is a pretty industrial and progressive city. It's actually way more developed than the surrounding countries. So people think like Tehran's like third world, but it's pretty amazing. You know, of course, like, you were having, like, halal hamburgers, which is, like, the thing I was looking forward to the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, we can have halal food. Like, we can eat everything. Sahara's actually loving it at first. But then, just after a couple days in Iran, her dad surprises everyone and is like, we're going on a road trip. And I was like, we're not going to take, like, planes or trains or like buses and he's like no no no. like we're gonna get a car and we're gonna drive through the entire country for two weeks and the destination is Hamid's hometown Desful. in particular 
he kept talking about the Des River, which is supposedly huge and runs through the whole town, and this bridge that goes across it. It's like 4,000 years old. A miracle. But the trip to get there would take at least 12 hours. And to make things a bit harder, you can't just rent a car in Iran. So my uncle actually came with us. My uncle is his only brother, and he, like, asked around, and he, like, borrowed a friend's car to help us, like, go on this road trip. And this car is, like, um, how do I describe this? They don't manufacture this, like, outside of Iran or, like, that I'm aware of. It's called a Paycon. It's like this boxy car from the 70s. Sort of like the front of a Volkswagen with no backside. It has tiny headlights. So it just looks like a squinty person. But the Paycon is like a staple of Iranian society. Everyone at one point had a Paycon. So they all get into this Paycon. And it's like a five-person car, but like very cramped. And Sahar is sitting in the back with her two sisters. I'm in the middle, of course, because I'm the middle child. Sahar's uncle joins the family on the trip. He's also in a Paycon with his family of five. So two cars, 10 people, and 12 hours to Despoil. Sounds kind of like an indie movie, right? So we go off on this road trip. My dad is super excited for this. This is in the middle of the summer, so it's also like probably, it's like in the hundreds, right? Like Fahrenheit in the desert. There's no AC in the car. And there are like no road stops. So if they get thirsty or hungry, they got to wait like five hours before they pass a restaurant or a gas station. And if they get bored, well, they have the Iranian landscape to keep them entertained. And we would, like, pass through mountains, just, like, plain mountains. And there's literally nothing there. And he'd be like, isn't this the most beautiful country in the world? Like, look how many resources we have. And it was sort of like a walking propaganda machine for Iran, which was my dad, basically. And, yeah, like, we would stop in parks and we would, like, eat places. And he would just be like, this is the best place in the world. And I think for him it was sort of... Also, like, a sense of nostalgia coming back to him and and him remembering his childhood and wanting to, like, have us have that same experience. And it just, like, wasn't happening. Probably seven hours into the trip, we've had no bathroom breaks because we can't really find a bathroom. So my dad's, you know, he's still, his energy is pretty high at this point. But we're all, like, these American kids complaining about this really shitty road trip that, you know, he's taking us on, but he's so excited. And so finally we, we find like a restaurant and we stop and I'm like, I got to use the bathroom. And I go to the bathroom and there's a woman who's like cleaning the bathroom. It's like her job to keep it nice and clean. But to them, that means just like spraying water everywhere. So they have this hose that they just run through the bathroom and it literally has nowhere to drain And so there's a line of sandals that you can choose from. So you have to choose a sandal. And I I think I, like, hiked up my pants. Like, I rolled them up um, because I was wearing, like, really baggy, like, cargo pants. Again, 2007. I don't know what I was thinking. And I swish through the bathroom water, and I go into a stall. And the stall has, like, a door, you know, like any bathroom. And it's an oval-shaped hole in the ground. And it's a black hole, but around it is a porcelain dish almost. So you're supposed to put your feet on each side of the porcelain. 
you're supposed to squat and you're just supposed to like pull down your pants so that your bottom is open and you can go to the bathroom but I didn't know how to do that so I take off my entire pants and like I hang it up on the door and then I'm like I'm just gonna take my shirt off too because I was so sweaty and hot so I I literally got naked in that bathroom and I did my business and then you're there's no toilet paper by the way so you're supposed to just wash yourself with a hose there's no way to dry yourself and I was like so mad that there wasn't toilet paper so I just kind of like wiggled around (laughs) I sort of just like hop up and down and try to dry my air myself out there Uh, I put my underwear back on I put my shirt back on I just want to get out of there but I see like a syringe and a vial in this like brick wall hole and I was like what is like why is there medicine here like someone left their medicine here And I go out of the bathroom and I run up to my dad and I'm like, dad, like I saw something in the bathroom, like there's a a vial and and a syringe. And I think like someone left their medicine there. I, I just saw his face sort of like drain and he was like so sad. You know, it was obviously like drugs, but he was like, oh, no, that's like for diabetes. Like someone left their thing in there. And this kept happening, actually. This this scene kept coming up, like, in different bathroom stalls. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. So this trip that was supposed to take like less than a day starts taking much, much longer. And it just keeps getting hotter. And then Sahara's car breaks down. It's in the middle of the night, and now Sahara's dad is left with a choice. Who stays with the cars and who gets on a bus to Desfool? Sahar ends up on the bus. And it was me, my older sister, my cousin, and my uncle's wife. She was like the only adult with us. And she's so mad at her dad for abandoning her, or what she perceives as abandoning her. And I was like, this is the worst trip of my entire life. And finally, they arrive. And everyone's waiting there for us. This is like after a decade, my dad is coming home and he's the oldest son of six siblings. And all of them are women except for my uncle. So he's sort of this like prized child in the family. And he was the one who who went to America and he studied and You know, people like really revere him. And I just, I was like amazed at how much they love us, even though we hadn't seen them in 10 years. People were like crying. Like I remember my aunts were just like sobbing and I was like, what's like, what's happening? And they're like, we never thought we would see you guys. Like we just didn't think this day would come. And I was like, oh, wow. Like they, they love us so much. And I was so passive about this thing, this trip, that, you know, they were so looking forward to it. And my dad was so looking forward to it. They rest for a couple days. And then her dad is like, 
it's time. I'm gonna take you to the bridge and the river. But Zara's like, I saw this on the bus. It's super lame. I don't need to see it again. But her dad is like, this is gonna be amazing. And once you see this, you will know. And we just didn't like to for him, it was associated with so many memories of childhood and of being there with his family. And for us, it just it looked like anything else in Iran, just old and brown, you know, like the bridge. It's kind of boring, but the area by the bridge, the water runs really quickly. It's like super fast. And that's the river. Like I was like, oh, like this is the river. And it was it was beautiful. It was green. Like imagine everything around you is brown desert like brick walls. And then there's this like green blue river and this bridge is still there. And then they have these like wind tunnels that they use like the water energy to grow crops like the water would funnel into the agricultural lands and I was like oh my god technology like back in the day they were so smart and it sort of hit me then and and it it hits me now like he's from this little town and he came to America when he was 17 and was expected to like you know go to school go to college speak English and, and gave up everything just so we can have a future here. And he just always thought that we were embarrassed of where he came from, which is why he worked so hard to show us like how awesome it is. <laughs> and I, I feel bad because I never told him like, oh, I think Desflo is so cool. And it's so funny because now I think that and I wish I could tell him that because my dad passed away four years ago. I actually took a trip back to Iran last year um, for the first time after my dad passed away, and I went to Desul by myself. I told my uncle to take me to to the bridge, and he did. And I think that's when I appreciated it, because I was like, if this is gone, part of my dad's history will be gone, and part of my history will be gone. You can learn more about Sahar on her Twitter or Instagram at InThisJahan. Thanks for listening to Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. This episode of Tell Them I Am was sound designed by James Kim and written by James Kim, if you can't tell by the tone, and me. Mary Knopf is my producer and don't tell James Kim, but she has way better eyelashes than him. Arwen Nix is the podcast boss here at KPCC, and she is also our editor. Valentina Rivera and Sean Corey Campbell are our engineers. Our tile art is by our talented designer, Stephanie Kraft. Our beautiful music is by David Leinard. You can find incredible illustrations of all of our guests as the episodes release. Thanks to Emin Ahmed for those. You should really see them. Just go to kpcc.org slash tell them. Or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Misha Youssef. We'll be back tomorrow with another story. <laughs>